Genre. And welcome to Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute, the daily podcast where we are watching the 90s live-action Turtles movie one face-hugging minute at a time. I'm your host, Scott Tofty. Back with us again, our special guest host, Chris Ayers. Say hello, Chris. Hello. And our regular co-hosts, Chris O'Connor. Face-hugging, no. <laughs> Rachel Gatlin. Hi. And Adam Sheehan. Bossa Nova. Chevy Nova. So we're here in minute 57, guys, and it starts with, uh, we can we can all breathe our collective sigh of relief. The suspense is over. Raph is going to be okay. All right. He's going to be okay. And the minute ends with uh, some foot soldiers carting in some stuff into Shredder's evil Teenage Ninja Warehouse. Um, and some re-encouraging, some, uh, sorry, some encouraging words from uh, Tatsu. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so minute fifty-seven. Perhaps my f- favorite thing in this minute. Uh, I'm going to call uh, it now. Is it's a Kodak moment? <laughs> we get this beautiful embrace by the two naked turtle brothers. Where you know Leo's like, "Man, we are glad to have you back." And Raphael is very forgiving. Hey, it's okay. It's okay. I've been unconscious for three days, but who's counting? Neurosurgeons. Definitely don't have brain damage. Neurologists. <laughs> I like that Raph, the one that's been unconscious for all this time, is the one telling Leo to get a grip. <laughs> <laughs> I'm suddenly very level-headed now. <laughs> like, come on, man, get a I've grip. You're epiphany. not the one who's it, been it, asleep it, for yeah, a Yeah, that, that's mm. a sign of serious neurological damage if there's a change in attitude. <sighs> yeah, so in 1990, we know for a fact that in 1990, if you get hit in the head and you're knocked out, when you wake up, you do something differently. Like, you can now play piano or your personality is different until you get hit in the head again, right? And yeah, it's the solved. second head bonk theory. Uh. <laughs> well, that, that happened to Guy Gardner in the Justice League comics around that time, too. And he, oh, Guy Gardner was a lot God. like Casey Jones. He was a, a big jerk, and they got hit in the head. And for, like, a long run of issues, he was he was nice for, like, a long time. Oh, got hit in the head like again. an eye zombie. <laughs> it's a 90s trope. It is, it is a very 90s trope. Um... Yeah, so we get it's Kodak moment. Uh, I love that quote. I like it specifically because Eastman Kodak was a company from Rochester, New York, which is near where I grew up. So and that's kind of cool. Yeah, not anymore. It isn't. No. <laughs> nope. No. no. Uh, isn't it because they ran out of the element? Well, that was Kodachrome. No. Oh, Kodachrome. No. Yeah. But um, as a they as refused a, to adapt. That too. As. Yeah. As an ex-film projectionist, that makes me really sad. I used to have Kodak yeah. on speed hey. dial. I'm, Aww. I, I, I need to follow up and see what happened to, like, their... Because they had, like, the like a huge treasure trove of patents on stuff for photography related, like, mm-hmm. you know, personal photography, all, all sorts of things that they developed over like the century that they were in business. And like in a last ditch thing, like before they went under, they, tr- they sold off like a huge amount of their patents. And it was really interesting stuff. Like a lot of stuff that, that um, like they patented the idea at the time, but it's the sort of thing that was not, Practical, like the other te- the technology that 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 went into making the thing work wasn't something that you could mass produce. It wasn't something they could sell, and there were a bunch of like little examples of of uh, things that that sort of fit into like you know modern smartphones. Was um, was there a, a a very very early digital camera that they 
prototype? Uh, I don't think it was them. Um, uh, who was? I think it was it Xerox. It was. It might have been them, but they But like digital camera technology has been yeah, around since like the seventies. Seventies, yeah. Um, and but they had like a, one of the largest like collections of patents in the world. And just had to get rid of it. And I was always curious whether or not something would come out of that that had been like, you know, something that was invented like 70 years ago. And it's like, well, we can't do anything with this stupid thing. But now somebody might like <laughs> rediscover it and be like, oh, no. All right, cool. So the other thing I wanted to talk about is uh, the music at the beginning of this scene is terribly, terribly 90s. Did you guys get a chance to so... hear the background music under this scene? A sad so classical cheesy. guitar. Kind of makes me feel like I'm. It's like a. It's a very special episode of. Yeah. Of show. of the Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> it reminds or me specifically stockings. of two things. I mean, so first off, we've talked about you know, uh, John Duprez in the score in this movie and how great it is. This is maybe not the greatest part of the, the musical <laughs> aspect of this film, but it is very time period specific. It very much reminds me of something you might hear in Karate Kid. Or oddly, it really reminds me of some of the like more downtrodden music from that movie Bad Boys with Will Smith and Martin Lawrence. <laughs> like, I don't know why it reminds me of that, but it was like the first thing I thought of was like, man, just this is like this is like a scene where uh, their friendship is being tested, and Will Smith is like, you know, I thought Martin Lawrence had my back, but he didn't have my. Like, it also know. seems like so, it would be like a really fitting like sad guitar riff to go underneath, like Walker Texas Ranger, Renegade, oh, yeah. Highlander, you know, any of those USA TV serial shows. Or La Femme Nikita. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. Yes. La Femme Nikita. It would go Silk under stockings. the old La Femme Nikita. Silk stockings. Yeah. All those shows uh, that used to come on after Monday Night Raw. <laughs> yeah, and Duckman. <laughs> Duck We're Man. watching Duckman. Jason Alexander. Yeah, that, <laughs> this show is great. I forgot so, about that. I hate if that it reminds show. you of uh, Bad Boys, does that mean that Michael Bay is like retroactively influencing the Turtles? Uh, you know, Ooh, uh, I kind yeah. of that did pop in my head, coupled with the fact that Steve Barron, the director, is music video director, and we know that Michael Bay got his start in music videos. Like, I, it, there's a lot of coincidences lining. It's up all here. connected. Um, can we talk about the other thing that happens in this scene? Donnie cranks back and opens his head oh, for a God, big old laugh. No. Creepy <laughs> face. Oh, God, in so a nice. If you can, if I, if you have the video, you know we are thirty-two seconds into minute fifty-seven, and Donnie leans back. He does this big clapping laugh thing after he tells his Kodak moment joke, and we get a good look straight down his gullet, and he's got a second set of teeth. He's like the <laughs> alien from <laughs> Alien. But he also has a second set of eyes, and if you really look at the face that's inside of Donnie's face, it doesn't make any sense. Because like you see a set of teeth where, in yeah, proportion to sense. the eyes that we're looking at, is where his nose would be. Yeah, like like you. S- so it's just like I feel like, like what the hell's going on in there? His eyes. I feel like they're probably reflections off of something. You know, some of the circuitry inside, or a, a piece yeah. of. It, it, bracing it, it, inside the the, the headpiece. It might be light coming through mm-hmm. the eyes, so that like and like hitting his cheeks, because it looks like I think I think I'm trying to make sense of it. And like the second t- set of teeth, I think to get the turtle mouth to open, he has to really open his own mouth really wide. I think, I think that's it. And so that's why you see like the second mouth in there, and then the two bits of light that first look like they're freaky, terrifying eyes. I think are just <laughs> I think are just the outside light coming through the mask and hitting his face. 
because uh, it's yeah. terrifying. It is. Yeah. It looks so weird. It looks the like something weirdest, out of Doctor Who. The weirdest part about it is if you look at the puppet's eyes at the same time, they just look dead. They suddenly <laughs> look like, so, like... These turtles look so alive for the better part of this movie, but in this one freeze frame, it's just like, those are dead eyes. There's something inside How? the turtle suit. How did they not it see this in editing? The, suit. the same way they didn't it's see really the quick. white booties earlier, or the, or the two guy, different yeah, sides. The, so, the guy, yeah. like in the frame, like you know, the 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 tech guy that was just like at April's apartment in the corner. Mm. Oh, they yeah. did, and this is honestly the best take that yeah. they had. Like, yeah, like the other or ones the only are take they even had. weirder looking. Yeah, or the, yeah, the only take. Yeah, that's true too. I, I gotta say, I mean, as far as special effects go, this is a really easy fix. It's just like a couple. It's like a small mask with a black solid or something. Today it would be very mm-hmm. easy. I don't know how how easy that would be in 1989, but I could fix this in 10 seconds with After Effects. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> please fix it. Please, 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 please. I don't understand why they didn't put like a black mesh over the over the guy's face. Uh, maybe a visibility Didn't issue, think it was maybe gonna an come airflow. Up. I mean, those things were po- probably pretty hot as it was. And yeah, even a, oxygen dependency. I mean, I'm I'm talking oxygen through dependency. A, a, <laughs> I'm talking through a pop filter on my microphone right now, and you, I mean, even that you can feel the the you know your breath temperature coming, your hot breath mm-hmm. coming back at you. So I can imagine that probably wouldn't have been the most comfortable thing in the world. Anyway, so, creepy. Who, who was in the Donatello? Was it Ernie Reyes in the Donatello suit in this one, or is uh, Ernie, that number two? Ernie Reyes was the uh, stunt actor. in the. So he was the fight double for Donatello in okay. this movie. But not like just for um, ge- gestures and just acting I want standing to say around. the suit actor was a gentleman by the name of Leif Tilden. Leif Tilden. Leif. Um, He's got shiny if, teeth. Yeah, Leif <laughs> Tilden. He was... He was uh, in this movie, and he also... Oh, wait a minute. I don't. Did we miss one of a cameo earlier? <gasps> Uh-oh. Hang on. Internet, save me. So all of the turtle suit actors get cameos in the film somewhere, and we have talked about uh, a handful of them. Uh, oh, okay. Leif Michelangelo makes a cameo the pizza. in the sequel. I don't know if he makes a ah, cameo okay. in the original one. Wait, did Leif Tilden not do it in the first movie? <gasps> Am I on the wrong movie? What was movie? he in the second one? Oh, he is Leif Tilden. Okay. He's a foot messenger in in the first one. Yeah, hmm. he he's in this one. I think he's the camera guy that goes when when she goes in to talk to the the police chief and she's a like new record. I think th- I think that's cuz that's the guy that's the foot messenger in the okay, second one. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, Leif Tilden was a messenger of the foot. So he, I wonder if he was the guy in the suit when April gets slapped, the foot soldier. And the guy under the bug mm. eyes. Um, well, because that, that camera guy is a spy in, in both movies. The, Wait, what? The camera guy is not a spy in the first one. Yeah, he is. I thought he was. No, I, I think that's just I the don't second recall one. Because they're coming very, up. very similar jobs. But it, mm. it, that that camera guy, the a new record guy, yeah. is uh, it, never to be seen again in this film. Hmm. Leif Tilden, we'll have to watch back. more carefully. We, we might have missed it, but Leif Tilden is a foot messenger. We've uh, we might have missed Leonardo also because apparently Leonardo's body actor David Foreman was one of the gang members, but I don't know which gang member. I'll have to look that up more later. Um, anyway. Moving Where were on. we? 
I don't know. Creepy let's face. Talk about that, uh, Creepy face in the face. In face. Let's, let's move on a second here and talk about the, uh, the training sequence. Ah, uh, yes. I need a montage. So a I very remember. Brief montage. Oh, and the, bef- and the return of the narration. Yes, the voice, yeah. the weird voiceover comes back. The, the four turtles are now in a field, and they're sort of sparring each other, and Michelangelo has his mask turned sideways. I, have, <laughs> I might have told this story in an earlier minute, but uh, I have a memory of like a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles kids book, and it was drawn in the style of the cartoon, but it had this scene in it. It was a, a, it was a book, but it was all set during this sequence of the movie, the farmhouse scene of the movie. I had that same book drawn in the cartoon style but it expands on this because it goes through to say like all four turtles have their turn being blindfolded Mm. and I think I had that same book I might have had that yeah I think earlier when we caught some other training stuff or maybe later when we catch more training stuff I don't remember uh, we see another turtle with the mask turned I feel like this scene calls back again I could be wrong I could be wrong about a lot of things. We're going to call the name of this episode, I Could Be Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think this, the name of this episode should be something about creepy faces and faces. Yeah, face and face. You got a face inside your face. Face, face. <laughs> face, face. It's like a bad Dick Tracy villain. Took his face. <laughs> right, face, oh. face. <laughs> Replaced it with another face. John Travolta's Jesus. face or Nicolas Cage's face. Is this like a full face, but the mouth is just, just another, another face? Yeah. <laughs> and that ma- that face is smoking a teeny Teenage tiny cigarette? Teenage Xenomorph yeah. Ninja Turtles. Like, like Cat Clops. Yeah, like Cat Clops. Oh my god, this week I'm just going to be singing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles thing with different words in there. <laughs> hey Scott, um, I'm, I'm going to prove you right, actually, because I, just, I have in front of me the uh, Mirage Comics adaptation of the film, and there's a scene in here where Michelangelo turns his his mask around to be blindfolded. Is it just Mike or do the other turtles do it as well? Um, I think it's just Michelangelo. Hmm. I wonder if I still have that book at home. I'll have to go digging around for it and see if I can find it. But I swear to God, there was, there was something in the book about like Leonardo had his mask turned. And then when he did it, all the other turtles took a turn doing it also. And like one of them put up a stink, like, how are we supposed to fight if we can't see? And he's like, well, you have to trust your instincts. Like it was a big elaborate scene. <laughs> okay. With the blast shield down. With the blast shield down. How am I supposed to fight? <laughs> I was thinking it and then you said it. This is just Star Wars. <laughs> Actually, no, it is Leonardo in this. I have a black and white version of this adaptation, so I, it's hard to tell them apart. But there was a color. Is it the Mirage adaptation or yeah. the Archie adaptation? Well, the thing is, the, the, I think the, the difference was the, the Archie one was in color and the Mirage was black and white. Were they the, but was it the same art? I think so. It's, uh, huh. it's, it's the black it's, and white becomes uh, a coloring book. Layouts by Kevin Eastman, pencils by Jim Lawson. But I have, I have the black and white one in front of me. Hmm. Interesting. Share that on our Facebook page, would you? I'd like to see that. Sure. Cool. Um, and I'm sure our audience would love to see it also. Uh, so then we get this, you know, Leonardo's meditating and Michelangelo is, you know, upholding his end of the montage by boxing in the, uh, I, I don't know, barn. Yeah. Barn. Yeah. Barn. Yeah. I guess and then we, is, is that, it's kind of interesting that, uh, that April's, uh, dad like had a, had a punching bag laying around. It's very, um, footloose. Yeah. <laughs> is this the footloose God. town? <laughs> <laughs> like the outlaw ninja cartwheel. I love. That There's movie. not a lot of We've dancing in this movie. How it's much true. I love that movie. 
Um, it's actually this is just several minutes before there's Kevin Bacon shows up. Ex- exponentially more <laughs> dancing. He does his in the angry dancing. One. Oh God. Um, we get Raphael on the movie. roof, which is a really cool shot. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about that shot, Chris Ayers? Yeah, so that, that's actually also in uh, issue eleven. Um, but he's not he's not wailing like he is in the film. He's just kind of uh, standing guard. I'm not sure over what. But it's like three he's like pages. standing sentry, right? Yeah, he's just he's watching out. I don't know what they expect. Like you no need him on here. that wall. It's literally three pages of him standing on the roof in this comic. <laughs> really stretching your artwork there. <laughs> um, I have a question for you guys. Answer me if you will. Hmm. Is Raphael's splinter more like the uh, you know Adrian, or is it more like Darth Vader's? No. Well, I mean, Aww. hang on, hang on. The Darth Vader no is terrible. Was in one of the stupid edits. It wasn't in the original. No, the, the Darth Vader no was in Episode Three. Yeah, that, oh, that it was, one. Yeah, the, that at the very end one. when he's like, "Is Padme?" Where, where is okay. I was thinking. I was thinking of the one of the dumb. Special editions of Return of yeah, the there were There were so many YTMNDs yeah. that came out of that no. Yeah. But do you know the one I'm talking about, right? In the one of the special editions of Return of the oh, Jedi. Oh, yeah, when he sees the Emperor and he's like, no, yeah. no, and he grabs the Emperor. Yeah, yeah. that was unnecessary. Throws, oh, yeah, crap. that was stupid. No, I was referring to the, the really, really ah, infamous yes. okay. one from uh, Revenge gotcha. of the Sith. Gotcha. So it, we're kind of like Calculon. <laughs> the script said yes but i just sort of improvised <laughs> um anyway I, I can't decide whether i think that this is cheesy or if um, it works i kind of lean toward yeah. it works i would you know it it works in this moment but it kind of like this 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 montage this this what happens in the um you know in a, in a later minute which also harkens back to Star Wars, kind of hurts. Like, if it was just this, all right, cool, I'm, I'm down for it. But what the Star Wars reference that comes later kind of cheapens everything else that happens here. So I don't, I don't think I remember. Let me know when that reference happens, because I'm having trouble oh, recalling you'll know. it right now. <laughs> you'll okay. know. I trust you. I trust you. Um, at this point <laughs> in the minute, the music changes a little bit, too. And if, if you notice, we're getting callbacks to the foot theme. da 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 Here it comes. And it modulates. da 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 And it kind of shifts through a, a couple of different key changes, which is entertaining. I love when they pick the musical theme and they pull it into different sections. As soon as Raphael is, you know, confronting this missing father figure who was abducted by the foot, you hear the Foot Clan music kind of ominously playing in the background and then uh the uh the last scene or the last <laughs> sequence in this montage ends in the oh, uh, warehouse more sad wet rat we we get a sad, wet, rat. wet rat we get a really quick sad wet rat and then it cuts to the <laughs> foot warehouse where tatsu is your you know, empire flourishes master shredder he's, he's giving president shredder only the good news <laughs> If you yeah. touch my drift. <laughs> no fake news. No fake news here. Make the foot um, great again. <laughs> but, uh, oh God. Anyway. So, uh, uh, Tatsu's giving the good news to Shredder, and we see the Foot Clan carry on, stealing more stuff, bringing more things in. There's a few cool things in the background of this you shot, know, if you look real carefully. So, they have a warehouse full of, you know, purloined goods. What do they do? do with it because so far it looks like they just 
play with they the just things they steal. Yeah. Well, I mean, are if they you're reselling a teenager, them? Are they doing if, anything with this stuff? Is there a profit motive here other than, hey, we didn't have to pay for it? If you're a teenager, you just want to play with all the things, right? Yeah, but mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that's kind of how he gets has the, some bigger plan. Well, right? let's look at it from a, a, a cult leader standpoint. He's not necessarily in this to make money. He's in it for power. So he needs people for power, right? So this is how he gets his people. He's like, you can have whatever you want, steal whatever you want. And he's kind of brainwashing them in the same, you know, okay. uh, uh, sequence of events. Like they're stealing for him. They're worshiping him as a father figure. He, they, he get all this cool stuff. They get this place mm. to hang out. They, they're protected. You know, they've got a sense of family now. So he's just got all kinds of all minions. Right, I- I guess that, so that so, makes more sense. So they're just Branch Davidians, that yeah, basically, yeah. So like this, mm-hmm. this 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 petty crime wave that they've engaged in, um, you know, where the the city is gripped by fear and everything is worse, uh, is just him having a cult. Like, is is he yeah. building this cult towards any particular purpose? I guess the crime is just to fuel the cult itself. Um, and, that, and you that's know, my working members. theory. You know, but then is there some sort of in, end game that he does he want to use his his cult to take something over or exact so his revenge? It's just evil. On, it's crime for the sake of crime. Early on in our season, we talked about by the end of the movie, we're going to have to figure out exactly what crimes the foot have committed. Let's just recap. We're about halfway through now. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> all they've done is stolen toys. Yeah, the all the wallet. PG yeah. crime, all yeah. the all the juvenile PG crime. So, I mean, none of them are looking at real hard time at this point, right? Uh, I mean, Shredder himself would be in trouble for not exactly kidnapping. Um, child, like him and Tatsu would be in trouble for uh, child abuse. Uh, child, child, uh, child abuse, endangerment, contributing to the delinquency of minors. They've got that. So, like those two, as the cult leaders, could definitely be busted for more serious crimes. You know, when you get when you stack up like a hundred instances of contributing to the delinquency of a minor, you you get some serious prison time. But I don't I don't want to be the one to go here. But as soon as you say like he and Tatsu are cult leaders contributing to the delinquency uh, of a minor, they're not like. They're like they're not like uh, kids, are nah, they? Let's, <laughs> no. let's 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 no. This is not to that's not to say that these these boys these these footballs footballs are footballs victims in this whole situation. I think I they mean, absolutely they are. are. Yeah, they're victims. They're they're. <laughs> I think I think we just found the title of this episode. Footballs. <laughs> oh God, no! <laughs> oh, this is this is bad. Um. <laughs> You have to spell it B-O-I-Z. I know. No, you don't. But boys. But boys in the hood. That would be their uh, their album that they're putting out. The football. Um, so we, we're looking at the uh, uh, the warehouse, and we see a box in the bottom right-hand corner that is marked Archie Comics. Quick, what's the connection? <laughs> uh, TMNT anybody, Adventures, anybody? yeah. The, uh, Archie Comics adapted yeah. the, the cartoon show, and then, and then it spun off into its own series. Which I have a note here that it yeah. ran from August 1988 to October 1995. So that's a very long run of comics. It's a long run, and it, that brought us a lot of the Mutanimals in that series. Yeah, that's as well. probably the only uh, TMNT comics I saw. Like were were those like I, I the com the turn the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comics that I got like I the only one I can really remember there was a, a guy who was like a big like uh, mutated human manta ray. 
Yeah. And he had like, uh, and he had like Ray a spear Filet guy. was his name, I believe. Ray <laughs> Filet. I think, oh, if I God. remember correctly. Um, so there's the box of Archie comics. There's a Parker Brothers box. And then the foot soldiers are Toys. carrying this, this other box that says Skyway, which my research has led me to discover is a brand of bicycle that was popular in the late 80s, early God. 90s. A BMX <sighs> style bike. Did, did they knock over a Santa Claus workshop? Jeez. Um, <laughs> this might These actually be Santa are Claus. Santa's elves. Evil elves. This is what Santa his does ul- in the office. Shredder's season. ultimate goal is to send his clan of, you know, a clan of ninjas to the North Pole to take over Santa's workshop. He wants to be the new Santa. The day after Halloween, he like takes off his cape and his, <laughs> and his blades and then he puts on the red suit and beard and he's like, all right, let's go do this. Oh, he's dressed up like Santa again, guys. Let's just go with it. Oh my it. God, it's time, it's time to give all these toys to Wait good children. He takes away all the toys. So that the demand increases for him to give them back. (laughs) He's his own pyramid scheme. (laughs) Oh, man. He is manipulating the the market. All of the most well-behaved footboys. That's why everything is stored in the warehouse. Right now, they're in the middle of the summer, so they're going to hold on to it until about November when everybody's desperate for presents and just start selling them in alleyways at like 500%. Man, <laughs> a bunch of foot soldiers just dressed as Santa Claus. Oh my god! I love uh, it. That sounds like, that sounds like some All right, fan Shredder. Art. All right, I I see your game, Rogue. I like it. That's a good one. I, I can understand if they had like a truckload of Nintendo Switches because you could really mark those up, still make them a huge profit. Yeah. Archie Comics and Parker happened, Brothers board games. I'm not sure what the market I mean, it's is. 1990. It's 1990. Come on. Just, it, just, it makes know, it there was a bunch of Walkmans and Boomboxes around. Boombox Eye? Boom, boombox. We should do some research boom, to find out what boxing. the hot toy was in, in 1990. Other than Teenage Mutant like, Ninja like Turtles we stuff. we got our Sega Genesis around 1990, Yeah, probably. It was years before Tickle Me Elmo. Oh, man. Top-selling holiday toys from the 90s, according to StitchLabs.com. And... Uh, 1990, it says, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles action figures. Thanks to their oh. popular Saturday morning TV show, these heroes in a half, shoe, half show, half shell, Kung Fu kicked their way into the hearts of 90s kids Fu around the world. For the first four years of Turtle Mania, according to Mental Floss, about $1.1 billion worth of toys were sold, making the Turtles number three top-selling toy ever at the time, behind only... Take a guess. There's two answers. What were they behind? Barbie and G.I. Joe? Close. G.I. Joe and Star Wars. Ah, Mm. Star Wars, where the real money of the movies are made. I'm going to just leave it there because I like the fact that turtles were the most popular thing in 1990, and that's what that website tells me, and that's where I'm I'm not going to dig any deeper. I don't want to. This movie came down in peak turtle time. Yes. They were just ahead of uh, a stick from the backyard in, in favorite toys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good place to leave it. That might be the name of the episode, the stick from the backyard. And it's <laughs> way better the than the foot boys. And the foot boys. No. Oh, and the foot boys. No. <laughs> so, uh, uh, Mr. Ayers, you also had a podcast called The People v. Batman v. Superman that ran a, a little bit ago, right? Yeah, it's it's sort of a minute podcast. Not quite, because we did it in 26 episodes, but we covered it just as in-depth as a minute podcast. It's really scene by scene. 
Um, it, it's a, it doesn't it's, doesn't sound like a particularly favorable uh, uh, title. <laughs> no, it's I, as much as I love DC and love DC films. This that movie to me was very traumatic. I, I, I it's a it's a fascinating mess. There's a lot of things in there to love. There's a lot of things to hate. Overall, I it's it was like a therapy session for me to talk with one of my friends wow. about that film and get a lot of great guests on ask, that too. Can I ask a quick question? Yeah. What is your opinion on Batfleck? I, you know, I, I went in uh, preparing to hate it, and I actually, I think he's the best part of the movie. I don't think All it's right. particularly great Batman story, but I thought, I thought I he was really you. good. <laughs> well, I, if you, if if you want to hear more, I'm, I'm gonna, we're not gonna give it all away. We got to tease the audience a little bit. You got to go get the people v Batman v Superman wherever you get your podcasts, and you're also checking out DC Legacy Filmcast. Uh, and if you want to support TMNT Minute by becoming a Patreon subscriber, you can head over to DuelingGenre.com/support and do that. You get a bunch of cool extra content, including our monthly weekend edition where we talk about I don't know whatever we want about turtles and uh, all the other bonus content from all the other shows at DuelingGenre.com. Uh, you you could also leave us this. a five star review on iTunes. Oh man, we Feel, need to keep reminding people about that. Yeah, do that. Go go to iTunes and leave us reviews. Read the reviews that are already there. Yes, mm. write reviews. Please? Tell us how much you love us. Please do it. You Please? could save a podcast. <laughs> Wait, are we in For trouble? Only- <laughs> what? No. All right. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> All right, minute 57. That's a wrap. We'll see uh, you, Chris, again tomorrow for minute 58. Wednesday. Here on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Minute. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Mmm. Mm. Bunga cow. Mm. A funny I made. <laughs>